Hello again, everyone. This is Fort Wayne Mayor Tom Henry, and you're listening to the Mayor Tom Henry Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 78, recorded on Tuesday, May the 3rd, 2022, from Citizen Square in beautiful downtown Fort Wayne. On today's show, I'm thrilled to be joined by someone who may not actually need an introduction, as he's well known throughout our community and has been for several decades. He's been on the Fort Wayne School Board for an incredible 41 years and most recently led the Latinos Count Initiative and has been involved in countless community building projects. And for those of you who have been around for a while, you may remember him from his television days. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So I'm pleased to welcome Steve Corona to the program today. Steve, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mayor. Now, our listeners may not know that you're celebrating your 50th anniversary in Fort Wayne. 50 years. I came to town. My goodness. In, in the 1st of June, June 6th, 1972, I had been working at a daytime radio station in my hometown in Gary, Indiana, and uh, a friend of mine who was working at Wayne, Dwight Smith, Um, said he was getting a promotion and going back home to work for Wish TV in Indianapolis. So there was a position open. I applied, uh, interviewed by news director Ken Kurtz, who hired me, and I started June 6, 1972. So I will be celebrating my 50th anniversary in Fort Wayne. How long were you on Wayne? I stayed until December of 1980, and, and over that period of time, um, you know, I started as the weekend news anchor, um, and in those days, some of the weekend shows were only 15 minutes long, and then I, and <laughs> oh then I reported um, for a couple of days, and my first beats were covering City Hall and the school mm-hmm. board. And so, you know, I remember that first year, I, Ivan Lebomoff had just been elected oh, mayor. You know, that, that November of 71, so he was just coming into office in January of 72. Wow. Uh, again, uh, those of us who have been around a while do remember you from Wayne TV. And in fact, I would venture to say people still to this day, when they see you, refer to you as the newsman from Wayne TV. Yeah, and, and, and they remember the newsman part, but they don't remember the television station. So some say, you know, 15, some say 21, some some say 33, but they still remember the face, even though my hair, once black, is now, <laughs> is now gray. Uh, but they still Silver. remember my chubby little face. Uh, you know, and those were, those were exciting times for uh, both the city and journalism. Um, yeah. and, and journalists at that time were, were considered to be pretty good people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true today, but, uh, it, you know, it was an exciting time. I, the biggest story during my eight-year tenure at Wayne TV probably was when Vernon Jordan, yep. who yep. was then yep. the executive director of the National Urban League, came to town mm-hmm. and was shot. Right. And... Um, I remember that day because I went to a reception at the old Marriott on Washington Center Road mm-hmm. and uh, went home, and about 4 o'clock that morning, our telephone rings, and it's the CBS News Bureau in Chicago telling me 
that there had been this shooting of mm -hmm. Vernon Jordan. And I remember going to Parkview Hospital on Randalia and nice. setting up um, you know, equipment and reporting. And uh, that, was, that was a pretty big story. And unfortunately, uh, Vernon survived mm -hmm. thanks to the skillful uh, work of Dr. Jeff Tolles. Tolles, exactly right. I remember those days well my, myself. Uh, it was uh, uh, it was it was quite the incident for our city. That's, that's I'm not sure anything uh, prior to that would match it, with the exception of uh, maybe when Martin Luther King was here. Yes. Uh, but uh, we you know, we've had a few a few occasions over the years that really brought us national attention, and certainly that was one of them. It was interesting to see the national network descend on our city. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, we had 12 people in the Wayne TV newsroom. For that one story, we, CBS brought in 12 people oh, to cover the story. Lord. So they had, you know, they had producers, they had photographers, they had uh, editors. Um, and the lead reporter at the time who covered it initially was Bob Faw. And it was interesting as he worked with the uh, producers for the evening news, and I can't remember if it was Walter Cronkite or Dan Rather anchoring the news, but they would go over every word that he was to say on his 90-second uh -huh. coverage. And it was interesting that Bob never saw his story until it aired. We were sitting in the lobby of Wayne TV, and that's when Bob saw what he had just done. Now, did they have teleprompters back then? They did. Okay. What they didn't have was, you know, nowadays everybody has a satellite truck and you can feed stories from here and there. Right. There were no satellite trucks oh, in 1980. That's true. And, in fact, the way that we would get our newscasts and, and you know, national network programming, news or entertainment, was on what they called a landline. Yeah, it was a sure. telephone line yeah. that carried video Oh my video Lord. feed and so in those days in a little you know uh, city our size we were about 90 90 95th market largest <laughs> market in the country there was no line to feed video from Fort Wayne to New York City <laughs> oh my god so they had arranged this was this was a big deal they had arranged for um, the networks to feed video back to New York City Jeez. to cover this story those were, you know, that's 50, that's 40 years yeah. ago. Unbelievable. 40 years ago. So you were extremely successful at Wayne to the point that people still associate you. But you jumped. I jumped. And again, it was, it was the, the school board. It was the intervention. Well, here, here's the deal. It was the intervention of uh, the mayor again. Mayor Moses played really a role uh in, in getting me to do two things. First of all, um, he, uh, I got hired by the city to um, come work for the job training program, which was known as CETA. And um, there was a relationship there. And so I accepted this job as public information officer for the Comprehensive Employment and Training Act, which was a quasi-governmental unit so that's that's January of 1981 wow. a couple months later um, Mayor Mayor Wynn Moses is looking for people to 
appoint to the board. And in that time, your position appointed five people to the Fort Wayne School Board. We were not yet an elected board. So somebody said, hey, you know, um, didn't you cover the school board? Yeah. yeah. In fact, it reminded me that, and this is why I have so much appreciation for what you do in leading the city. I was always impressed with the contribution of both the Parks Commission, Park Board, and the School Board did to the city. And I said, you know, if I ever get the opportunity, I would love to sit on one of those boards because I think they add to the quality of life. And so I applied, and sure enough, on January, excuse me, July 1, 1981, Mayor Moses appointed Dr. Jeff Tolles and myself to the Fort Wayne School Board. I've never left. They can't get rid of me. <laughs> they can't get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes institutional knowledge uh, is extremely valuable. It is, and it, it is. And you know that very well. I mean, you've been around for a long time a in your position, and that adds to the value of, of our city's prosperity. Steve, uh, 41 years on the school board. Uh, obviously, a lot of your work is what I suppose some people would consider mundane, uh, you know, approving this and approving that. But I know that over the past 40 years, you've had some issues that have caused you a significant amount of angst uh, or others uh, or have been very exciting. Yeah. Uh, you want to share a couple of those? Sure. You know, it, it's interesting as I, as I was preparing for this for this podcast, I went back and looked at some of the old news clippings because I keep all this stuff. The number one issue in 1981 is the number one issue today, and it's always it's money, it's financing, and you know it's it's not much change. But we have, we have, and this is our argument: we have challenging students in our in our school district. I mean, we have we have kids um, that come to our city that have uh, limited or no ability to understand the English language, and so those students need additional care. We have a reputation as um, delivering great services for special needs kids, um, whether they have emotional or physical disabilities, and we have great teachers that, that do that work. And so um, those cost extra. Um, I was at Haley Elementary the other day, walking through and saying hi to the teachers, and meeting the teachers that do that English language instruction. And, you know, they're very small groups of children, but they're getting the attention they need. And then in another classroom are those kids that if in a regular classroom would be disruptors, just because um, they have special needs, short attention spans. And we have, I think they're saints with those kids. And, and they, as I talked to those teachers, they said, this is, this is my calling in life to deal with those. But but when you have those students that have special needs, high needs, that costs a lot of money. And so we're always arguing with the General Assembly about, hey, we have special needs here. They have something in their funding formula called complexity that supposedly we get more money <laughs> to deal with those kids, but we're always fighting about how much that additional amount of money is so it's always been it's always been about money you know the other issue that I waded into um, that we now in Fort Wayne take for granted was um, uh, racial balance oh, yeah. and you know this 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 nation 
still deals with this issue of the haves and the have-nots. And quite clearly in a number of cities, and Fort Wayne was one of them, where we allocated funds we, we, um, in two different piles. And so we had some great schools mm -hmm. that were primarily all white, and then we had schools that were nearly all black, and, and they had the lowest performing mm -hmm. teachers. And sometimes their buildings were not in great shape. Mm -hmm. And so we went through a fight mm -hmm. to desegregate, first of all, our high schools and then later our elementary schools and to make sure that our, our allocation of funds and the assignment of teachers was fair to all of our kids. It took a lawsuit to do that, did it not? It did, uh, all through the 80s. And it was led by um, Ian Rowland, who yeah. formerly headed Lincoln National Life. And he took a lot of flack. He did. But you know what? He was an outstanding citizen of this community who understood the importance of that. And you know, it's interesting. I was just reading in today's editorial, today's Journal Gazette, the same pitch from the CEO of Eli Lilly. And what he was doing was defending why they had just invested. I, don't, I can't remember the number, but it was hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars in North Carolina and and um, how they were going to bring great jobs to North Carolina and people were saying well, wait a minute your corporate office is in Indiana in Indianapolis why not invest here and he simply said you folks don't get it you are you you don't understand the fact that you have to be inclusive you have to care for those that deserve the most need and we're not there. He said, you're all about low taxes. It's not about low taxes. And you know that very well. It's quality of life. It's making sure that you get attraction by industry. And look at Fort Wayne's record these days. We're running out of space to bring everybody in. That's, that's a hell of a problem, Mayor. You don't have enough space to, to, to find to bring new companies to now. So that's your challenge. But I tell you what, it speaks well of your leadership in the well, city because, you, you know, it's, it's, it is. And that's why I, education is so darn important to the growth of our city. There's no question about that. In fact, you and I could probably spend all morning <laughs> talking about the, the need for good teachers yeah, and, yeah. and uh, pay equity and so Absolutely. on. Absolutely. But I wanted to spend a few minutes talking to you about another passion of yours, and that is Latinos Count. Oh, yeah. And I remember one of your first formation meetings. I was asked by you to, to yeah. attend it, and I've never forgotten it. You were, again, very passionate about the needs uh, of Latino community. And I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit sure. about Latinos Count. Yeah, I, our, our vision statement is to prepare Latino youth for global opportunities. It may be here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, that opportunity. It may be in Northeast Indiana, it may be Indiana, it may be somewhere around the world. But, uh, you know, the community has set um, lofty goals and they're trying to back away from um, because they're having a difficult time meeting them about, you know, 60% of the people in Northeast Indiana will have some sort of certificate degree valued by, by business. They're not getting there. My argument is we'll never get there if we don't include the Latino students and community. So our focus has then been to say, if that is our vision statement, how then do we prepare Latino youth with what I call your high school exit strategy? 
after this podcast, I'm going to Southside High School. I'm going to talk to kids about that. What are you, what are you going to do after high school? Do you have a plan? Mm -hmm. There's only so much time that your mom and dad will allow you to stay in that basement until they <laughs> kick your butt out. So let's, let's take the, the initiative. You know, and I, begin, I, I talk to them about what are you good at? Mm -hmm. What's your skill? Um, how do you then, you know, really take that and put it to good use where somebody values your added value to their business or organization? So we talk about that. And we talk about pathways. We talk about what I believe are at least four, four decent pathways. You can leave high school and go to college, uh, university. You can go to work and have a company train you. You can consider the military. Well, you'll get training through them and some growing up and some discipline in your life. Uh, or you may want to consider the skilled trades. Mm -hmm. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Superintendent Mark Daniel appeared before, I think it was Rotary, with uh, the business pe business representatives from our skilled trades. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of them, Kent Prosser, from the plumbers afterwards, and he said he, he felt really good because he was able to speak to business people, people he generally doesn't talk to, and let them see that he wasn't something other than what he is and, and what they are is just a valuable asset to this community. <laughs> so we talk to kids about those, those pathways, those, those positive pathways. Um, but you know, there's also another segment within our Latino community um, and, and it's those people who love Fort Wayne but come here and they're undocumented. And so their ability to work is very severe. And so we need to think about how we help those people. Not impossible, because many of their parents are working either in that cash economy or even better. They understand that there's no law in the United States that prohibits them from creating their own LLC and becoming an entrepreneur. That's true. And so we've got to marshal their skills to become an asset, an added value to the community. But that's going to require a lot of help from people in, in more powerful positions than where I'm sitting. You know, we're going to need help from both members of the Indiana General Assembly and Congress to say, hey, look, we've got, we've got to understand we can tighten borders, and I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? We've got 11 million people who are undocumented in this country and thousands in northeast Indiana and Fort Wayne and we've got to figure out how we harness their energy assets and enthusiasm to help Fort Wayne grow. So uh, it's a challenge. Well, you mentioned the federal government, and unquestionably that has been a topic of discussion now for the last several years, yeah. is, is what to do with undocumented individuals, what to do about, about the, the DREAMers uh, yeah. and, and a number of other constituencies. Uh, where is the answer? Where does that lie? Well, we, the answer, and some people don't like this, is we've got to develop a pathway to citizenship. I don't know what that is, uh, whether it's um, you're going to have to pay some amount of money, you're going to have to prove, you're going to have to establish a track record. You're going to be an outstanding citizen. Uh, you know, let's, let's set some parameters. Let's Let's develop that pathway. It may not be right away. It may be five, 10 years, but let's establish that pathway. They're not gonna go back to where they came from because where they came from is not a very good place. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's fathers concerned about what happens to their young daughters and sons, that they join gangs, they are forced to enter into prostitution. It's all of those things that they are leaving and trying to escape from and, and coming to this great country. And they're not going to go back. So let's, you know, let's get off our political positions and try to figure out how we move forward. Now everyone understands why I ask you to come today. What, uh, what a, a committed individual you are, not only to Fort Wayne, and that's, that's certainly been proven by your contribution to the community, but some of the uh, initiatives that you've, that you've taken on, um, powerful, meaningful. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Steve, on behalf of the residents of Fort Wayne, I want to personally thank you for the years you have given our great city in several different capacities. I'm also thankful for, for calling you a friend. Uh, you uh, have been uh, associated with my family and I for a number of years, and we've attended a number of different functions together, uh, and uh, I'm always amazed at, at uh, what you have to offer. So thank you so much for everything. You're quite welcome. And thank you, too, listeners, for tuning in today. It's another great day in the city of Fort Wayne, so let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon.